a series of mishaps and visions, Paul and Timothy and their friends have arrived in Philippi, blown in by the Spirit. None of this was the plan. None of it expected, but here they have landed. The surprises continue. They have tried to do their work in the city, but now on the Sabbath they are drawn out past the city gates, out to more of a no-man's land along the river. And here in the shade, in the quiet, they find her. Lydia. Well, she's called this in our text, but we don't even know if that's truly her name. She may just be called that in reference to where she is from. That woman from the region of Lydia, she is an outsider, but she has made a life for herself here. Incredibly, she is independent. She is not living as a wife or a mother, or a daughter grown but still under her father's charge. Instead, she is a businesswoman. She is the head of her own household. She deals in purple cloth, meaning she does business with the elite, the only ones who could afford fabric colored with purple dye. And finally, Lydia Lydia is already a religious leader when the apostles find her. She knows God. She worships God. And she has brought other women here to the river to keep the Sabbath. She is an unlikely character in so many ways. We only get the most stripped-down account of this day, but it's clear that something happens. Lydia is already there, gathered with her people, ready and listening, and God opens her heart further. We don't hear what it is that transpires, not exactly, but, but something clicks as she receives this good news from Paul and Timothy. She's changed. She chooses to be baptized and leads her whole household in this with her. But it's the last note, the the piece that comes almost as an afterthought that grabbed my attention. Still dripping from the river, Lydia is moved to more action. She takes the helm now, leading not just her household, but the wandering apostles, too. Lydia has heard their good news, and now she insists that they stay. More than that, we hear that she prevails upon them. Can you imagine? Here is a woman, an outsider, who has only just been welcomed into this Christian community. And yet she is so grounded in the spirit that she is confident in what must happen next. And so she holds forth on the apostles. 
teaching them how they are to live out this way together. Lydia sees that there is more to be done, more fellowship to be shared, more of the sacred to encounter together. This had not been her plan for the day. Yes, maybe she faithfully kept the Sabbath that one day set aside. Maybe even that often felt like a stretch. But but turning in an instant to push the rest of her work off further, pressing pause on all of it to host this new community of faith, that was not on her agenda. My hunch is that she doesn't have time for this. There are new lots to be dyed, orders to be delivered. But Lydia has been changed. And with that, her, her priorities are transformed also. What if we lived with such openness that the Spirit could redirect our plans, that meeting a follower or a new teacher could reshape our priorities? Maybe shoving off work for a week to host itinerant preachers isn't quite in the cards for you. But I wonder if we can still get creative, get playful with what might be possible. Earlier this spring, I was pulled into this possibility by surprise. About two weeks before Easter, I was up in Healdsburg at the Bishop's Ranch for a conference on congregational development. The schedule was packed, all, all with good stuff, but packed. And then in any little gaps that could be found, uh, there was, of course, Holy Week that was about to come, and all the emails and bulletins and all the rest connected to that. It felt frenetic, uh, less than ideal timing, even if it was all worthwhile. In a rare bit of downtime, I fell into conversation with a friend, Kristen. She'd come from the Midwest, and as we chatted, it came out that even though she'd grown up in Oregon, she had somehow never seen the Redwoods. I pointed out uh, how close we were and at the same time lamented our packed days. Unless, she said, her voice trailing off, unless maybe there was another way. I did not see it, not without playing hooky from this conference, but, but she had a glint in her eye. And so it was that two days later, my alarm went off while it was still entirely dark outside. And when I emerged from my cabin, still groggy, Kristen was there ready and waiting and grinning. I rubbed my eyes, not yet fully convinced that it made sense to give up sleep uh, just before the busiest week of the year. 
The stars were still out as we drove down the deserted country roads, first to find coffee and then winding our way to Armstrong Woods. The sky had just begun to soften as we pulled into the completely empty parking lot and stepped in among the towering redwoods. I've spent time in the redwoods before. We have some growing in our backyard even, but never in dawn, never in that perfect quiet. It was stunning. The massive trees, yes, of course, but, but even more than that, it was incredible to watch someone step into the lineage of Lydia, someone who knows so fully where we ought to direct our hearts. Out there, alone in the woods, we had space to go beyond what fits in the regular hours of the day, of our work, of the conference. We turned over questions of how God was speaking in this season. We wondered how we might begin to respond. Again and again, Kristen pointed us back towards the light, not just the early sunlight filtering through all those layers of redwoods, but but this greater light that emanates from God filtered through all of us. I think this is the light that Lydia encountered there on the riverside that pulled her first into baptism and then into action, prevailing on the apostles to reach for deeper fellowship. I watched as this holy light streamed from my friend as she shared her heart so freely There was no question that it was worth it to rise in the dark for this. We made it back to the ranch just in time to grab a quick bite to eat and slide right into the morning session, winded and yawning and completely renewed. Kristen saw that there was a way to turn our attention more fully towards connection towards the holy, and she helped me step into these reordered priorities. Yes, there was still plenty of work to do, and this work was important. And, and here was a secret third option. We could also find a way to put this holiness first. This is the change that Lydia models for us and implores us to try on. She does not need us to wait until life has calmed, until business has come to a place of more ease, until we are more settled. She goes into the river in the midst of it all and comes up ready for new life, for new life in community. Can we let her prevail upon us also? We come up out of the waters of baptism, and the Spirit pulls us toward these new priorities, 
What comes next? How then will we live it out? If we will but follow, we can join Lydia and join the Spirit. We can join in stretching out this sacred space. We can let these transformed priorities carry us into new life.